Welcome to the Top Nonprofits Podcast, the place where modern nonprofiteers gather to learn from best nonprofit leaders and organizations. With me today, we have Rich Dietz. Hi, Rich. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and your background and what you'll be talking about at the um, AFP New Jersey Conference on Philanthropy? Oh, most definitely. Uh, thank, thank you very much for having me on, Amy. Uh, my name is Rich Dietz. I've uh, uh, been in the fundraising space uh, pretty much my whole career. I've been in the nonprofit space my whole career, um, uh, for sure. So I love uh, online fundraising. I love fundraising. I love data. I love studies. That's what we're going to be talking about um, uh, at, at the session in uh, New Jersey as well. Uh, I'm the founder of a company called WP Oz, uh, where we help nonprofits uh, use WordPress, so training, support, um, as well as building websites when they need uh, help doing that as well. Um, and I also am a consultant with um, Abila, um, which is Abila is who sponsored the, uh, the study that we're going to be talking about, the donor loyalty study. Getting deeper into donor loyalty and sort of talking quite a bit about um, data and how it can be used to help us um, really perfect and further our missions with better fundraising. And my first question is um, really thinking about the foundations of fundraising lying in relationships with those that we have with our donors. How does data figure into that relationship? Yeah, excellent. Thank you, Amy. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you out, out in New Jersey as well. Um, this is one of my favorite topics to, to uh, talk about, you know, data and studies and donor loyalty. So I'm probably going to get a little animated as, as, as we talk about it here. So I apologize for that. I get very excited about data. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to be coming out talking about the donor loyalty study. And the donor loyalty study um, is a study that we did with Abella where we were really digging deeper into what makes donors loyal. Um, makes them long-term loyal donors. And, you know, when you start throwing terms out there like data and statistics, you know, a lot of people get really nervous. Um, and I'll even get people say, and, and they'll ask me that same question that you just asked, well, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, I thought fundraising is all about relationships, you know what I mean? So what does data have to do with all that? And really it has everything to do with it because really, yes, it is about relationships. All fundraising is about relationships. But if we use data and we use technology correctly, we can actually build relationships with a much larger pool. So I'm sure we'd all love to take our donors out to coffee, take every single one of our donors out to coffee, even the $50, $10 donors. But that's really impossible, right? But if we use data and we use technology, we can actually speak to those $50 donors as if we were taking them out to coffee. And so what I mean by that is we use data, something like the donor loyalty study. It tells us what donors are thinking. It tells us exactly what donors want from us as far as content, as far as how they want to engage. We can then use technology to group them um, into very smart email segments based on interest, based on donation size, things of that nature. And then we can give them the communications that they want. Um, and they tell us very clearly in the study that they want short, um, tailored content that, that is exactly what they're looking for. We can have then those conversations almost like taking them all out to coffee. Um, and so it, it is all about relationships, but I think we can use technology and data in order to build relationships with all of our donors and really not just our major donors. Before I get to the specific questions about the study, um, I thought it would be helpful to get some tips on how we can wrap our brains or start implementing some of these some of the tools that you use to extract that data. So for those of us out there who are data phobes, do you have any um, particular tips that you could help? Yeah, definitely. Um, if folks are data phobes out there, that is totally fine. The way I say is, is let the data geeks do all the work. 
um, and then us as nonprofit professionals can just use those results to guide our practice. Um, and so my big tip around this is when you take a study like the donor loyalty study or, or any study out there that's asking donors questions and, 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 you know, gathering those statistics, is basically use the results as a starting point. So you use them as a best practice. Um, and I have a very strong opinion on the word best practice. I, I know a lot of speakers will throw that term out there. This is a best practice. That's a best practice. And what I like to see a best practice is is something to test and try out and you have to prove whether it's a best practice for your organization or not. So for the donor loyalty, for, for example, we have a lot of results in here about what content people want and what the style they want the content in, the length of the content. That's a great starting point. So you go there, you grab some of the data, okay, they say they want shorter content, they say they want it more tailored, they say they want it based on their certain program interest. So then you use that as a, as a best practice, use that as a starting point, start tailoring some content exactly the way they want it, send that out, if that works, do more of it. If it doesn't work, go back to the study and grab another data point and use that as another thing. So basically, it gives us things to test and try um, is, is, is what I think is the most important part of, of using these studies. Test and try and test and try and always be testing, I guess, is the, exactly. um, the way to go. And that's, that's really helpful, yes. So best practices, that is a term. We use it a lot here, too. And yeah. <laughs> it's really a best practice that's a very general term. And for the, the best practice of best practices, I guess, as you said, is to <laughs> test it and prove and see which actually apply well for your own organization. So that's helpful. Exactly. Now, getting back to, you mentioned the, do the donor loyalty study, which is a follow-up, really, study um, that you all did based um, following up on last year's donor um, engagement study. So, as I understand from what you were telling me earlier, it, this, it, some questions came around and it, the last study really inspired some thoughtful questions and include, that you all included in this year's study. So, um, it's exciting. I, I'm imagining you're going to show the study at the conference um, and certainly at least some slides from it. Could you share with us right now just the, maybe one or two data points that jumped out at you from the study? Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be sharing the study. The session is going to be all about, um, actually, it's going to be all about both studies. I'm going to tee up the donor engagement study that we did in 2015 first. Um, and the donor loyalty study, as you said, was really born from the donor engagement study. As we presented that study in 2015, people had questions. They wanted us to go deeper. And so that's exactly what we did with this year's study is we went deeper into all the areas that people wanted us to. Um, and so it's, it's great. So we're going to be talking about the study, going really deep into some of the areas of it, and then people are going to be able to download the, the, the full study um, as well so they can go over it uh, you know, on, on their own timeline. Um, so, yeah, a couple points that really jumped out. So there was one stat that really jumped out at me, and it was all about content, is in the study 72% of donors said they may stop donating because of unsatisfactory content. Um, and that's a very scary statistic. That should get your attention. And that should make you realize that we need to be spending more time on our content. When you just fire off that really quick email to your donors and you think, oh, it's just an email, it's not that big of a deal, you could actually be doing more damage to your organization, to your brand, to your fundraising um, than if you just sent nothing. Um, and so, we, again, we dug deeper into that. We wanted to know what do they mean by unsatisfactory content. And they told us a lot of things that they found unsatisfactory. We'll talk about that more in the session. But the ones that really jumped out to us, we highlighted and called it the danger zone. And there's four things that, that really concerns your donors when they're getting content. One is if the content is too vague. Two, if it's in an inconvenient format. Three, dull and boring. And four, about irrelevant programs. 
And so what it all really comes down to is your donors want engaging content. Um, we're going to tell you how to do better and more engaging content. Um, and they want it tailored to what they are interested in. So your donors know when you send out your monthly email or your monthly newsletter, and it's just that generic content, it doesn't really speak to them. But if they have donated to the girls after school program in the past, and you send them an update about the girls after school program, thanking them for their earlier donation and letting them know all of the things you've done in the program this year, that's the content that they're looking for. It's showing the impact. It's showing that their money made a difference, and you're letting them know that you understand what they're interested in and, 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 and what they're concerned in. Um, so that is huge, uh, you know, huge point there. Um, the other one that really came out that was interesting was we dug into the overhead myth. You know, in the nonprofit space, we're all really concerned with the overhead myth. We don't think donors want to spend money on, you know, unrestricted things like staff time and computers and, and, and all of that. So we really wanted to dig into that. And what we found is it's really not the case. Donors said very clearly they're okay with unrestricted funds. In fact, 32% said they prefer to donate to restricted campaigns. 33% roughly said they uh, prefer to give to unrestricted funds. And 33% said they really didn't care one way or the other. Um, so they're much more open to donating to those unrestricted things. And, in fact, we went even deeper to ask them what would they be okay donating with. And over half of donors were okay donating to administrative costs, to staff time, to events in order to raise funds. They're, people are starting to understand um, that it takes money to, to uh, make money and that a nonprofit organization needs money to operate. And so we need to flip the script on that. I think the big takeaway here is we need to stop talking about 97% of every dollar goes towards programs, right? Because that doesn't really tell the donor much. You could be really bad at what you do, and so 97% of the dollar going to that doesn't really tell me much. But if we instead focus on the impact that we're making with the money that they give, give us, we tell success stories, we show real-life stories of the impact that their money has made, then they understand you know, what they donated to, they understand the impact, they're going to be much more likely to donate again in the future. So, so those are two that, that really jump out at me that I think, you know, we can really use in the nonprofit space to change how, how we're approaching our uh, donors. I definitely think donors are becoming much more savvy, and they're starting to look mm -hmm. at um, do nonprofit donations almost as an investment, and they want to get a return on their dollar, so to speak. Um, and, and so they are becoming more savvy, and, and they're looking at who's making a difference, who is making an impact, and that's where they want to donate more of their dollars. And so, yeah, if we educate them and really be clear on the impact that we're making, they're going to be much happier to donate to those programs for sure. Well, I, these are some fabulous points, and we're so looking forward to seeing you and um, hearing, seeing the, an overview of the entire study and, and last year's study as well. That's really going to be helpful at the, at the event. So thank you for joining us today, and um, we will see you in November. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Amy. Looking forward to seeing everybody there in November. And, uh, yeah, the weather should be perfect, so I'm, I'm actually excited for it. <laughs> and, Rich, if somebody would like to reach out to you for either for WordPress help or fundraising, consulting help, what's the best way to get in touch? Oh, best way to get in touch with me is email. Um, I rarely answer my phone, so email is definitely the best. And you can reach me at rich at wpcause.com. That's W-P-C-A-U-S-E.com.